welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we are in week two of I Didn't Ask For This, and if you missed it last week, I'll just take a moment to get you caught up to speed. This is a series that was birthed out of me having a heart attack back in December of 2014. And uh, man, I, I didn't realize how bad a shape I was until they showed me this picture. But go ahead and show the picture. That was me in the hospital December in 2014. And to think I've come a long way since then. And uh, I'm so grateful for the doctors and the nurses and everybody that, that took care of me and all your prayers. And I just want you to know, I am doing amazing. Eight years later, I feel amazing, 100%, and uh, praise God. So we talked about, I didn't ask for this. I was working out. I was doing insanity, trying to stay in shape, lost all the weight, and I didn't ask for it, and I won't go into all the details, but we talked about in John chapter 9, verse 3, that, you know, we're asking the wrong questions. We're saying, why, why, why? And who's at fault? And Jesus says this about the man born blind in John 9, verse 3. It says, Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. And instead of like, why, 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 who's to blame? Let's look for what God can do. I mean, you can do everything right in life and something still can happen to you that is bad. It's just life, the world is broken. We talked about that. And the key thing, if I could just say to our church, this is the last of the review, stop trying to assign blame. Well, I know whose fault it is, and it's his fault and her fault, and they shouldn't have done that. Let's stop assigning blame and instead say, hey, we wanna help you get out of that mess. We wanna be the church that helps bring you out of that mess. And people are so worried that we're so judgmental. Let's, instead of being like this, let's be open arms, welcome them in, and say, we wanna help you get out of whatever mess you're in and, and know Jesus and then bring Jesus glory in the way you live. So I'm gonna pick up and read John chapter nine, verses one through three. And then we're gonna hold that thought at the end of it in verse three, and then Romans 8, 28. John chapter nine, verses one through three. As Jesus went along, he saw a man born blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now hold that thought, that this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, additionally with that, in Romans 8, 28, I did a whole sermon on this. We did a, a series, Anchor Verses, and uh, love the sermon that we did there, but you need to get this in context of what's going on. In Romans 8, 28, it says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him. Like, there's something going on, even in the midst of our troubles, our struggles, our adversity, God is working good. Now, he's not saying in this verse that everything is good, and I thank God that we don't have to walk around and go, I love this disease, and praise God for this. You know, it's like, this is awesome. I love it. It doesn't even hurt. Yes, it does hurt. All right? No, you didn't want to learn that name of that disease, but now you know it, and you can give God glory in it, but he doesn't have, you don't have to pretend like it doesn't hurt, and it's not real. And he's not saying that God caused all the bad things, okay? And, and it, it is, it, he's telling us that God's involved in the believer's life, 
And even things that the world says and, and defines as bad can be turned around for good. That's what God does, and he works it for good. And it's a, it's a struggle. It's like we, we want it to be our good, and God's like, well, it is your good, but ultimately it's my good, and what you like and what I like are two different things. How many know what I'm talking about? What we like and what God likes, we're like, could you work that for good? And I could win the, yeah, you know, and he's like, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get this. Now, it's so important if there is no God. Suffering really is one of those things that just really trips people up. If there is no God, suffering makes no sense. Suffering makes absolutely zero sense. It's, it's a terrible thing, but if there is a God and he can do something in our suffering and he can be glorified in it, then it makes sense. Doesn't mean that we enjoy it, but, but suffering is very real. And you just need to know there is a God and suffering does make sense in this world. Now, if a lot of churches are misleading people, and forgive us if we've ever done this, like we just present God as like the value add to life. How many know what I'm talking about? Instead of saying like, he's your everything, he's the pearl of great price. Like you sell everything and you sell it for him. Without him, you are dead, you are lost, you are doomed. And, and now he's your everything and you live for it. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's not a value add. Sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? Like give your life to Jesus Christ and he will increase your money, bless your marriage, clear your acne. You know what I mean? It's like, he'll do it all, you know? and other special treats that he drops in from time to time. Little star rewards, you know, no, no. That's not what it is. He's our everything. He's not our value add. And when we're living for him, we say, okay, now that I know you, I wanna live for you, for your glory and for your honor. In the midst of suffering, we're still gonna say, what forward? Like, what do we do? What's this for? How do we glorify you and what can we do? And, and, and please, please, please don't see Jesus is the value add. He's Lord, Savior, King of Kings. I mean, he is everything. And if God's everything, then he can work in us and on us in the midst of all the adversity and the struggles that we face. And it's a beautiful thing that we can bring him glory. And it means that he's working. He's working things that are for his good. And he gets the glory in it. Now, a great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, said this. He said, there's things that come to us in black envelopes and we want nothing to do with them because we don't like the way they look. I have my black envelope here. You may not know the history of black envelopes, but the history of black envelopes was many times it was a death notice. If you saw a black envelope in the mail, it wasn't like, oh, somebody's turning 50. You were thinking like, this is bad news in there and you didn't want to open it. And I believe that there are things in life that, that, are, that are black envelopes that, that God does something in us for his good. Like, he gets the glory. You're, we're trying to wonder, like, well, whose fault is the black envelope? And why did this happen? And whose fault? And God's like, I, I, I want to do something in you and through you. Watch what I can do in this moment. Somebody might think, well, Pastor Rob, do you even know any black envelopes? And if you've been around the church for any length of time, again, you know that I, I have no problem sharing what we've gone through as a family. We're very transparent. But for those of you that don't know, I mean, I've had black envelopes. I was born with a caved-in chest, you know, and people would tease me for having a caved-in chest, then need to have major surgery when I was 11. My brother Roger was in a head-on collision, 
and uh, had a depressed skull fracture, broke his neck, was in a coma for six days, and when he came out, he had to learn how to walk again. He had to learn how to read. He had to learn, like I remember they said, point to an orange circle, and he per pointed to a red square, and I'm like, no, Roger. I mean, he had to relearn it all. That's, that's a, a black envelope that comes into your family. I mean, I've been betrayed many times in my life. My son was born with autism, and of course, God miraculously healed him, but Becca has battled anxiety, and she's not been afraid to share that, and she's been able to overcome it. But for years, that was a black envelope that was in her life. We've had alcoholism in our family, on both sides of our family, even to the point that Becca's sister died from alcoholism. We've had family members in prison, and in our extended family, we've had suicide that has touched our family. When Logan was born, he was born with strep B, and we didn't know it, and he stopped breathing that night and had to be resuscitated three different times. And I can remember going to the hospital and driving up there once they contacted me, and I was like, God, I, I don't want to be a hero. I don't want to write a book about this. I'm just asking you to let my son live. I mean, these are black envelopes and moments that you face and of course, I had my heart attack. So we've had black envelopes, but we've learned that God is doing something in the midst of while we're holding this black envelope and that he can be glorified in whatever black envelope we hold. Now, I wanna be clear. Sometimes people have a really bad theology. They think God is like up in heaven and he's just waiting to drop a black envelope on you. Like, oh, you skipped church this week? Watch this, you know. Oh, you didn't join a life group? Here comes two black envelopes. You know, a small group, you didn't get two of them. No, that's not what he's doing, okay? God allows these things to come into our life, and he gets the glory. God allows the black envelopes to come in, and he ultimately gets the glory when we're holding these black envelopes. So I've got a list of th ways that he gets the glory, and the first and easiest is in the healing. I mean, when we were holding the black envelope of of Connor's uh, autism, and then God miraculously heals him. How many know, like, a, a black envelope is no longer in our hands, and we're able to say, God, thank you for this. We're giving him glory, and we're giving him praise. And, and I am so grateful for the healing, and I want you to know that we will pray for everyone's healing. No matter what you're facing today, we will pray for your healing. And you need to give God glory in your healing. And I will tell you this, though, it's the craziest thing that I've observed, is that in the midst of the healing, it's amazing for the person, and then it, 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 it's for a moment, and then people start to forget the healing later, and they go back to living different you know, ways, and, and they forget, and then people even question your healing. Like, I was recently in Chicago preaching in another church, and I shared just a brief thing about Connor being healed about autism, and you know, that happened years ago, and at the end of the service, this guy comes up to me and he goes, you are a liar. Your son was not healed of autism. That's not even possible. There's no way that that, I mean, just right in front of the, like, I just, I walked off the platform. I was right on the front row. We had some words, him and I, you know, I'm just gonna say. I had back to him. Like, I'm just, you know, I, some that I might've had to repent of. All right, you know. <laughs> but he's just like, I don't believe. See, it's interesting. The people that were there were like, it happened. And then you got other people like, I don't know, I, 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 I can't believe it. But praise God that he does heal. And if you are facing something, we will pray that God could be glorified in your healing. And I pray you never tire of telling the story and giving God the glory for it and say, God, I, I will work for you. I will just praise your name. So God can get the glory when you're holding a black envelope and, and there's a healing, okay? But 
he also can get the glory when we stay faithful in the thing we didn't ask for. In the pain and in the struggle and in the trial, we stay faithful. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the apostle Paul is asking for his thorn in the flesh. He's asking for his black envelope to go away. And this is what it says. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. He's saying in the midst of this, I'm trying to get rid of this black envelope, but even if he doesn't take it away, I'm gonna give him praise. I'm gonna give him glory while I hold this black envelope. I've noticed this, like everybody loves Jesus when they're winning. How many know I'm talking about? You know, I remember years ago watching Floyd Mayweather after he won a boxing match and he got $100 million. And, you know, prior to the fight, he's like, I box for me, I box for the money, I box for my legacy. And as soon as he won and he got paid $100 million, he's like, thank you, Jesus. Everybody praises God with a $100 million check in their hand. But can you praise him when you're holding a black envelope? That's the test. And, and when you're holding this black envelope and you're saying, I wanna thank God that in the midst of what I'm going through, chemo has caused me to lose all my hair, but I thank God. Chemo has sapped all my strength, but I praise God. And I'll tell you what, it, I've, we've lost all of our money, but I thank God. And it doesn't look like we have much, but I thank God. And I'm holding on to God in the midst of holding on to this black envelope. People may say you're crazy, but you know what? When they walk away, they go, how in the world do they do that? I could never do what they're doing, holding on to that black envelope. Not a chance, not a chance. And maybe someday God will give you the opportunity to share your faith with them. See, staying faithful when you're holding on to a black envelope, it's called long-suffering. It's called long-suffering, and it's actually one of the fruits of the Spirit that It's one of the fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit grows in you. And I use uh, the King James Version for Galatians chapter five, verse 22, because I love that it uses the word long-suffering because that's a better word than patience. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and a lot of people would say patience with the NIV, but it says long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, okay? And I use this because long-suffering encapsulates more of what it's like to hold a, a, a black envelope. And the fruit of the Spirit is formed in you while you're holding on to the thing you didn't want to have in your life, but you stay faithful. And I love this definition of of long-suffering, that it's, it's, it's long patience, it's not losing heart. It is a spiritual patience with inner power to bear injuries and circumstances without meltdown or breakdown. I'm gonna have these injuries and these circumstances, and I'm not gonna have the meltdown or break, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna long suffer. I'm gonna get through, I'm gonna hold this envelope. These things are gonna happen to me, but they won't control me, and I'm gonna have long suffering in the midst of this while I'm holding this black envelope. Every day, you stay faithful holding a black envelope. The calendar flips, and other people are just watching you. They're like, I can't believe this, I can't believe this, and your testimony is building. Another thing, like when you hold a black envelope, how is God glorified? You live deeper and look more like Jesus. When you're holding these, you just live deeper and look more like Jesus. First Peter chapter one, verses six and seven. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith or greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor 
when Jesus Christ is revealed. He's like, you're being refined. There's something happening. And when Jesus returns, like you're gonna, it's gonna be revealed. You're gonna look more like him. You're gonna be so much deeper as you hold on to that black envelope. And I've learned this, that you can learn more in holding one black envelope of life than like a whole seminary degree. Like you could just learn more about God than a whole seminary degree by holding on to that black envelope. I know that in, in, when I had my heart attack, it was like spiritual download. It was like I was learning things at such an aggressive speed. God taught me about marathon faith and sprint faith right then. And he showed me that some people need to have sprint faith and that some people are blessed with it to pray for people in the midst of right now sprint faith, and other people have marathon faith, that you have faith over the long haul and that there's different giftings in that way. And then he showed me to have compassion, to stop judging, to stop asking why. He told me to be more bold with my faith, to be unashamed. He said to follow the prompt more. And he said, stop loving here, this earth so much. All of that like happened in a little download. It was going on right there. For me, it's like, Surgery theology, okay? Here's what I mean. In the midst of this black envelope, you're, you're having surgery and God's taking things out of you that, that don't need to be there and that actually could kill you, that are worse if they stayed in you. And you're like, no, it really hurts that he's cut me open. It really hurts. But I'm telling you, in surgery, they may take a, a saw and cut somebody open, but they're taking out something that's bad and they're fixing it. And I believe sometimes it feels like God has a power saw on us but he's taking things out of us that don't need to be there and we're being formed and made into his image. A couple thoughts on this. I don't wanna leave this. I wanna stay here for just a second. What if you learn the deeper things of God not through getting degrees, but through battling a disease or a disaster? You were like, I want the deeper things. I want the deeper things. I want the deeper things. All right, let's pray for some. Is black envelopes to come here. I'd like to stay in the shallow end, please. I'll stay in the shallow. I'll stay there. What if your hurt brings heaven to you in a way that a trouble-free life could never do? Think about that. What, what if it does? Mother Teresa said this. She said, pain and suffering have come into your life, but remember, pain, sorrow, suffering are but the kiss of Jesus, a sign that you have come so close to him that he can kiss you. It's there. This holding these envelopes, all of a sudden, like, it feels like the kiss of God is on me in the midst of holding this. Let me continue. What if the hurts and pains in your life, the black envelopes, are really weed killer in your life? Because Jesus talked about the cares of this world choke up the very things that he's planted. You know, in the parable of the the sower and he sows and, and it says, there was something there, there was life and that seed started growing, that plant was growing, but the cares of this world, the money and the prestige and all these other things and what you're gonna wear and what you're gonna have and what you're gonna eat and all that chokes it out. And what if black envelopes are just weed killer to kill out the weeds in your life and all of a sudden those things don't matter? Because I can tell you this, again, when I had that heart attack, I was not sitting around there going, I wonder how my car is. You know, I wish I had a bigger house. 
I wasn't thinking about, I wonder if people are really following me on Instagram. You know, I wonder, how, how many followers do I have, you know? I wasn't worried about what's for dinner, all right? And in that moment, it was choking out the weeds that, I mean, how many realize, they, even after you have a black envelope moment like that, and you get through, how many of the weeds keep growing? The things that choke out the joy in life, and you're like, God, has to keep applying weed killer. And he's like, will you pull the weeds? Keep pulling the weed. They want to choke the life out of you. If you don't watch it, you'll be living a petty first world life complaining that they use 2% in your skim mocha. You know, like, oh, I can't believe this signal on this phone. This is stupid. I mean, you're connected to the internet and you're complaining about the speed of your phone in your hand that has more power than what they put people on the moon with, all right? And it's just so bad. You're like complaining, oh, it's a bad camera angle, and they posted that picture. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Black envelope, coming your way. All right, yeah. Oh, man, seriously. Ah. You could have 10,000 followers on Instagram and be worthless next to somebody on their deathbed because you've never held a black envelope. You don't even know how to go through these things. At the end of the day, you don't need likes, you need peace in the midst of the storm. I mean, what if the black envelope you've been hanging on to is actually the most amazing blessing in your life? What if, what if it, it, I mean, how many know, like when I talk to people, even my own life, and I say, would you trade it? And they're like, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But I wouldn't trade it. And you're like, no, it was terrible. And no, it really was terrible. But I wouldn't trade it because I learned things in the midst of holding on to this envelope that I wouldn't have known. And what if God's saying, hey, in the envelope, I got something for you. And you open up the envelope and you're going through the struggle and the pain and it says, God declares over you that you will know the peace of God in your storm. You will have a voice to the multitudes. Your doctrines will become real you will know love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, faith, and not just sing about those things. Your life will matter. That's a black envelope I wanna open up. Again, I'm not asking for it, but when they come my way, I'm looking for that on the inside, and that's the God we serve. That's what he does for us. God is glorified when you repurpose your pain. He's, people that are in deep pain and they get that envelope and all of a sudden they go and they repurpose it and they start to minister to others through their pain. And if you're facing something that you didn't sign up for, you didn't ask for, you didn't do anything wrong, but all of a sudden it comes to you, you can ask God to reveal that to you. Can my ministry be birthed out of this pain? Do you have a place for me to minister to those that are going through grief? Do you have a place for me to minister to those that have lost it all? Do you have a place for me to minister to those that are embarrassed and get arrested and get incarcerated? And then, and then from your worst envelope, all of a sudden comes the ministry. I mean, if you ever notice, like whenever our president will do a State of the Union address, they don't go, hey, we're giving, uh, I just wanna point out that this hedge fund manager up there in the balcony did really good, got a huge return this year. Could you stand? They don't ever do that, do they? Instead, they're like, and nothing against like, well, maybe, I, yeah, but I mean, all right, all right, never mind. 
But you know what they do? They say, this is so-and-so, and I want her to stand. She has overcome incredible adversity. And with her daughter right there next to her, this is what she has overcome. And really, they talk about the black envelope that they've overcome. And then what is the whole, all, the, all of our political leaders and everyone in the room stands and claps. And they clap, and they're basically saying, thank you for not being overcome by the black envelope that was in your hands. But thank you for having the courage to rise above this and to show us that people can make it. When you repurpose your pain, all of a sudden God's like saying, I'm using your black envelope. I'm using this for my glory. And God is glorified lastly when we give to others in their pain. When we give to others in their pain. And, and we've been through our black envelope and we've had our situation. And then it's not just repurposing for a ministry, but it's like, we give to those and we give them compassion and we give them empathy and we give them understanding and we, we, we say, I, I'm with you and I'm right here and I've got an arm around you and I'm standing with you and I'm not gonna abandon you and, and you're gonna make it and, and you give to those. Again, ever since I've had this, I have a, a greater compassion and it's the strangest thing, but Whenever anyone tells me that they've had a heart attack, I'm like, you're gonna make it. A friend of mine just a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, he had a heart attack and needed like way more stents than I did. And he's all blocked and all this. I called him, how are you doing? Are you there? I'm standing with you, I'm praying. What do you need? A week later, I said, how are you doing? I said, let me tell you something. Here's how recovery goes. And, this is, and, it's, and you're gonna get better. And he's like, thanks for checking in on me. And there's, there's an empathy. There's like a connection that is there. And maybe you're saying there is a connection for me because I've been through this grief and this pain. And so anytime I see somebody like that, I, 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 I wanna hug them and I wanna, I wanna let them know they're not alone. And you give them the strength that they can make and move forward until they can figure out how God's gonna repurpose their pain. And can I say this? Don't ever tell them, like, your best ministry is coming out of that. Don't do that. They've got to discover it on their own, all right? Do not. Do not go up to somebody in the midst of their pain. Probably you're going to get a great ministry out of it. Don't do that. They're going to punch you, and we're going to be okay with that, all right? We're going to be like, like, you had it coming, you know. Let them discover it. Let them, you be there and give them the support and the love and the things that they need. We have an opportunity to look good while we're holding on to these black envelopes and to make God look even better. Like, this would have killed me. This would have crushed me. This would have taken me under. This black envelope that I didn't ask for would have destroyed me. But let me tell you what God has done in me and through me. And let me tell you how he gives me the strength to make it through what I've had to hold on to. I pray that God would be glorified in our sickness and in our health. I pray that God would be glorified in our richness and in our poverty. I pray that God would be glorified in our good and our bad. I pray that God would be glorified when we're holding a sparkly envelope or a black envelope. That he'd be glorified. We say, God, I will praise you at all time. I will not stop praising you. Like, I've just learned, I don't control what black envelopes come into my hands, but I control how I respond to them and how I can move forward, and I choose to glorify God in the midst of them. And I'm praying for that. 
We may not have asked for it, but there's something bigger at work. We didn't ask for these black envelopes, but now that we hold it, we're gonna say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's this for? What do we do forward? How do we go from here and bring you glory and bring you honor? And so God, right now, I pray for anyone that specifically right now is holding a black envelope. They didn't ask for it. They didn't ask for it. They just, it it came their way and they're saying, God, give me the strength. And I just pray that they would receive that again. And I wanna read this, Lord, as a prayer that you would declare over them that they will know the peace of God in their storm. They will have a voice to the multitudes. I pray that they will know that what they believe will become real and deeper and stronger. And I pray that they'll know love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, faith, and not just sing about those, but when they do sing about it, it's gonna come from a greater depth than they've ever known. I pray that they'll realize that their life matters, that even in their neighborhood or their friendship group or their circle or their school or their workplace, that other people are being uh, just drawn to you and asking questions about life because they don't have the same peace that these people have. And so I pray in the midst of people holding black envelopes right now, that they would feel these things, know these things, and realize that you are with them. And I pray for every single one of us that as black envelopes come our way, we could all probably make a list, Lord, bigger even than the list that I said. But that's life. Life is broken. But we thank you, God, that you take broken things and you put them back together. You bring meaning into this suffering. You give us the ability to glorify you. And so, God, I pray we'd glorify you and be close enough to feel the kiss of heaven on our cheek, knowing that we're not living for this world, but we're living for the well done in the next one. I pray for anyone that's discouraged right now and just feels like it's just way too long. They'd realize that it's the light momentary affliction is working a far greater good. And God, even though it looks like this world and this time on earth looks way too long in light of eternity, I pray we'd realize that it's working a far greater good. So thank you, God. Thank you for the ability to glorify you. And we pray for every option. We, we, we will continue to stand in faith believing for healing, knowing that that's gonna happen in heaven. And until then, we will use every other option to bring you glory and to bring you honor. In your name we pray, amen and amen.